Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Hey son, go change your underwear. Why? I just changed them last week. <laughs> hey, Opal, welcome to For the Hope's Sunday Reflection, where we pause our Monday through Saturday reading through the Bible in a year time to do a short reflection on something, which today is a little thinking out loud about how we learn about ourselves in community. Yes, that underwear story actually happened a lot of years ago, and you might go, yuck, or <laughs> that's a boy thing. But the point is that he was not just learning in community, but about the standards of that community. To be sure, of course, there's a limit to analogies. For instance, in the Christian worldview, human beings don't determine what is right or wrong in the ultimate sense. So there is something to the idea that learning about yourself in community in a spiritual sense has a set of standards that God decides, and that's based on his character. Back in the Pentateuch, right, the books of Moses, Leviticus chapter 11, 44, says, For I am the Lord your God, so you must consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. And just a little bit later, he says, For I am the Lord who brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your God, so you must be holy, because I am holy. Of course, Peter and Elsewhere in the New Testament confirms this very idea. Be holy like I'm holy. And of course, I don't know about you, but that's a problem for me, because I'm not exactly holy. I like how Jamin Goggin and Kyle Strobel put in a book called Beloved Dust, Drawing Close to God by Discovering the Truth About Yourself. They say, Holiness is partaking in God's life and being caught up in the love of God. Holiness is a way of being with God who is always with you because you do not merely walk alongside God but are wrapped up in His life in the Son by the Spirit. The big question, of course, is what now? Unquote. Now, tackling a big subject like this in a few-minute reflection is always a risk, so I'm going to ask for your grace and invite your feedback. Part of the answer, of course, is that we are made holy We're only made holy by Jesus' work on the cross. But notice an important distinction here. The standard is outside of us. Like deciding whether or not changing one's underwear once a week is enough. (laughs) We, in a spiritual sense, join a family of brothers and sisters when we repent and put our trust in Jesus. But then we are to keep growing in the direction of spiritual maturity, right? spiritual holiness. We have a responsibility that's personal, but that doesn't mean that it's not in community. You'd probably recall a bunch of proverbs that say things like, iron sharpens iron, or the wounds of a friend are faithful, meaning we need others to sharpen us, and that's part of what we do for them. But then, get back to the New Testament, we run into Galatians 6.4. Paul writes this, Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. 
at first blush, that could easily be taken to be individualistic, like, I don't need to listen to you. And in a way, that might make sense, because, I mean, in a secular culture, our culture tells us that something that, even our secular culture tells us that we get in trouble when we compare ourselves to others. But even if we don't think that explicitly, consider the very broad cultural message bearing in on us from all sides, which is that you and only you have a right to define who you are and what's right. What's right and wrong is what's right and wrong for you. And as you might guess, that's not what Paul was getting at at all. Listen again to what Paul says. Let each person examine his own work and then he can take pride in himself and not compare himself with someone else. Paul's actually talking about not comparing yourself to others with regard to sin. Like taking pride in yourself because you go, you blew it. I didn't. Are you with me? John Chrysostom was one of the patristic fathers about 16, 1700 years ago, and he put it this way. I'm going to quote him here. This, Paul says, not laying down a rule, but in the way of concession. And his meaning is this. Boasting is senseless. But if thou wilt boast, boast not against thy neighbor as the Pharisee did, for he that is so instructed will speedily give up boasting altogether, and therefore he concedes a part that he may gradually extirpate the whole. He that is wont to boast with reference to himself only and not against others will soon reform this failing also. For he that does not consider himself better than others will afterwards cease to be so. And that you may be sure this is what he he, meaning Paul, desires to establish, observe how he checks him by fear, checks the reader by fear, saying, let every man prove his own work, and then adds, for each man shall bear his own burden. Put another way, my friends, we learn in community, and a risk is that we want grace while not giving it to others. We risk downplaying our own sin, and seeing ourselves as better than others. But we have to go change our own underwear. And that, my friends, is humbling. When we realize that the source of goodness and morality and holiness is God alone, we realize then that we need each other, iron sharpening iron, sometimes even by the input of a friend whose words sting in the moment, but lead us to growing in the direction of being more like Jesus. I like the way Charles Spurgeon put it. I'll wrap up with this. Know thyself, said the heathen philosopher. That is well, but that knowledge may only lead a man to hell. Know Christ, says the Christian philosopher. Know him and then you shall know yourself. This shall certainly lead you to heaven for the knowledge of Christ Jesus is saving knowledge. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.